Hello, and welcome to season two of the Journey to Motherhood podcast. You are listening to episode one, featuring a guest named Jessica Cooper. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Hello, listeners, and I want to welcome you to episode one of season two. Um, I have Jessica Cooper here with me today, and she is going to share her journey to motherhood. So, Jessica, I'll let you go ahead and get started with an introduction, and then you can go from there. Sure. Um, You know, as already stated, my name is Jessica Cooper. Um, I married my husband a little later in life. I believe we met maybe when I was 32 or so, and then married when I was 34. Um, We were married um, probably a little over a year or two and decided to, um, you know, pursue starting our family. Um, Thought it was going to be an easy process, uh, but realized pretty early on that it was not going to be mm-hmm. as easy as, um, you know, you sometimes see in the movies or read in books. Mm-hmm. So we had, um, you know, I had heard of that, that blood test that um, tests the AMH levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, my doctor's office, um, I had called them to find out about the results and I was told, Oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, after about six months, they say, you know, when you're 35, after you've been trying for six months, you know, talk with your doctor about it. And, um, she said, well, you know, you have more time. You don't have to, um, you know, go to a fertility specialist, but if you want to, um, you know, I'll give you the recommendation. This is the place to go to in the state and, um, you know, they'll work with you. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, me being the anxious person that I am, I said, yes, let's do that. Let's do that. I went there and they tested my AMH levels. Um, and even before they did that, um, their level matched very closely with the original test, but they looked at it and they said, you might not even be able to do IUIs. This is low, (laughs) very low. And my guess is you'll have to go right on to IVF. Um, So that was, you know, uh, a big surprise because, you know, I had been told by one doctor that it was okay. Um, And, you know, it, 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 it wasn't. Um, We probably should have begun earlier the whole, the whole process of everything. Mm -hmm. But, I have a little boy right now. Um, I always say he is perfection. And if we didn't go through the path mm-hmm. the way that we did, we wouldn't have him. So, um, you know, I wouldn't change a thing, but on the journey, I would <laughs> felt like I oh, wanted absolutely. to. <laughs> so this place, you know, um, that we started at the fertility center, you know, you just keep hearing, I kept hearing everywhere. It's the best place in in the state the best place in Connecticut you're you know um I had my babies through there you know I I just kept hearing so many positive um you know just stories and and testimonies Mm -hmm. about it and um as I was going through I was not having that experience um you know I I got phone calls voicemails and 
uh, from um, some of the nurses there that were saying, oh, I'm so sorry we dropped the ball, you know, with either this test or that. Um, mm -hmm. And then I had a nurse that um, she, I think, incorrectly had been taught how to take blood. And, um, you know, she had to oh. stick me a couple times, and that's fine. Um, you know, it's just part of the process. Um, but then she took her bare hand and started, um, like, rolling it around on, um, like, uh, on my arm where I was bleeding, like, physically, like, with her skin touching me there. And, um, you know, that was kind of like a, a big red flag. And I realized, um, you know, this is not the place for me. And it's okay to say it's not the place for me, you know, even if it's okay for other people. Um, you know, everyone has a different experience and, and I'm, I'm allowed to sort of listen into what, you know, my internal feelings, you know, about the place are. And, um, it brought us to uh, a different place in Connecticut, which was about an hour and a half to a two hour drive away. Um, and I thought maybe we were crazy for doing that, but, um, that place was completely different. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Like as soon as we went there, um, it was much smaller and we felt like both my husband and I, that we were actually, uh, we were remembered. Um, you know, they mm -hmm. knew who we were, um, you know, it was just very personal. And, um, so we began, you know, in earnest really there. And, um, you know, for, as for that place, um, you know, we, we were going on a cruise, um, which coincided with our first, um, IVF attempt. Um, you know, we had already done IUIs at the first place, um, several of them, um, uh, one of which I had gotten pregnant with, um, but, you know, had lost. Um, so, you know, they said, well, let's not even do IUIs. Let's move right on. And our cruise coincided with this um, first trial, you know, giving the medications and mm -hmm. such. So that was crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, disappointing. It didn't end in pregnancy. You know, um, it just was, um, I guess, not our time. Very, you know, mm -hmm. frustrating. Um, and then the next attempt, I believe, um, uh, we started um, a different type of medication and we just did an IUI and, and then we did another, you know, IVF. And this time we actually, this was the one and only time we got to um, the part where they um, take the eggs. One uh, was too big, so they had to discard it. One wasn't healthy. And then um, they were waiting on the other two to make, um, you know, to make the, I believe it's the blastocyst stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, both of those we found out on, um, I believe, the 4th of July. Uh, they did not, um, that was 2019, they did not uh, make it. We were at Hershey Park with my family. And um, the doctor called and I said, oh, I have to get this. You know, I was so excited. Mm -hmm. um, I just remember standing there. We were just, I was sobbing and my husband was upset you know, and you're around all these people that are just having the best time. Um, and I said to the doctor on the phone, um, I, I'm only going to try this one more time and then I want to move on to an egg donor. And um, so we tried it one more time and um, the, you know, it didn't, um, they couldn't get anything to grow uh, enough to, you know, take, remove um, any of the eggs. So... 
Um, I said, that's it. You know, <laughs> I asked the doctor, mm -hmm. how long will it take before we can, um, you know, try with donor eggs? And she says, well, you know, probably about a month and a half, but some people take much longer. And um, <laughs> by that point, I was, you know, I had, I was through with crying. I was through with Mm -hmm. um, the sadness, the tears, the frustration. Um, it was just past the point of, um, you know, feeling sad all the time. And um, we just started the process of egg donation. And, um, you know, uh, we went through Fairfax um, Egg Bank. And, um, you know, that, that has its own um, <laughs> stories with it. But, um, you know, we've ended up, choosing somebody, selecting somebody. And, uh, we had my little boy, um, less than a year ago, he just turned eight months and um, he's just, like I said, he's just absolute perfection. Mm -hmm. He's adorable. I've seen him on Thank your page. You. He is so precious. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's so sweet. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so glad to hear that you had, um, a good ending and in your story just remind me so much of myself how I was at one clinic and I just wasn't getting what I wanted and I just want to encourage people like it's okay to move on like you know I think sometimes like change is scary but IVF costs a lot of money I, you know all those treatments are like if insurance don't cover it and it's still expensive like mm -hmm. and if you're paying your money and you're putting your time and energy in it and you feel like it's not working for you at a certain place like get up and go somewhere else and that's exactly what my husband and I did too I mean I love the doctors but they just I wasn't getting pregnant I had been in practice for years and they were just giving me broken promises. Try this, try that. When it failed, we go to the consultation, no answers, which I don't expect for them to know everything because it's my body and they really don't know. But it's like, I would go to the doctor and give him things that I had researched. Can we try this? And can we try that? And I'm thinking, why am I paying this man? Yes, you know, yes. if I'm the one that's doing all the Google researching and, I, you know, so I, that just reminded me when you said that it reminded me so much of myself when I had to, to switch clinics. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like people need to understand that it's okay to move on somewhere else. Yes. And I actually needed permission. Um, I was working at, and continue to work um, on meditation and, and mindfulness. And I was working with this one coach who I still work with. And she said to me, you know, after listening to the saga, you know, every single month over and over. Um, she said, you know, mm -hmm. every time you're talking to me, you know, you are, you know, really upset about what's happening there. Um, she said, you know, do you think that could be, you know, mm -hmm. th that you're supposed to be getting a message from that? And it was only when mm -hmm. she said that, that I was kind of like, oh, I have permission to make my own choices here as well. And um, right, right. anyone out there that, you know, is looking for that permission, like I was, you know, here it is, you know. Mm -hmm. Be an advocate for Absolutely. yourself. Like that's just throughout this entire journey. Like you just have to be an advocate for yourself. It's your body. It's you. You're the one that's going through all the, you know, the emotional roller coaster through the, you know, sticking yourself with the needles and, you know, it's you at the end of the day. So you have to speak up for yourself. Absolutely.
You have to. And I absolutely loved how you mentioned how you just like after a while, your emotions left. I went through the same thing. Like I went through three failed IVF cycles similar to what you dealt with. And like after a while, you just feel numb. There's no more tears to cry. You know, there's no more feeling <laughs> because it's like a, a never ending roller coaster almost. And it's like you just become numb and you don't have any feelings. At one point, I thought I was going crazy. I was like, why am I not crying? Why am I not upset? You know, it, uh, the, uh, that's the, the perfect <laughs> way to describe it. The roller coaster. You know, it's the two week wait where you're, you know, you're telling yourself not to get excited, but your emotions are just, you know, building an excitement, hope, hope, hope. And, and that's what it was, yes. you know, like just, you know, like it just felt constantly my hope was being dashed, you know, over, over. And I always believed I would be a mom. And mm -hmm. like, what if, what if I'm not supposed to, what if somebody, you know, this is, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know God's way of, you know, telling me, mm -hmm. you know, I've been bad in my life or, you know, something, yes. um, you know, a punishment, yes. you know. Yes. Yes. And that is so normal. And I also loved how you said in the beginning, you know, maybe it wasn't our time because I'm a stickler of like God's perfect timing. Mm -hmm. Like, my husband and I tried everything. We went through all types of fertility treatments, IVF, and then we got pregnant naturally in between cycles. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and yes, yes. And when it happened to me, I felt like, wow, I started looking back over the times we were trying and I felt like we were in the perfect place when I finally conceived. It couldn't have happened at a better time. Wow. So, yeah, so I feel like I'm glad you mentioned something about timing because I feel like even though the wait is it sucked because we went through it for 10 years, we went through infertility for 10 years and seemed like you had, a you know, a few years under your belt as well. And like you said, you hold on to hope. But when cycles keep failing, when nothing is working, it's like, OK, this must be a punishment. I must have done something mighty bad where I don't deserve to be a mom or <laughs> But you can't, you can't, you can't let those, you know, even though those moments are natural and you can't let them override your hope. You got to keep fighting. Yes. I, you know, and I know a lot of people, um, uh, there are support groups and things. Um, normally I am such a big advocate for that. Um, it just, during this process, it was so intense and so personal. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be around a lot of people going through mm -hmm. it. And even now, mm -hmm. um, you know, talking with women or, you know, on social media, seeing them, um, when they're struggling, it's like, it brings me right back there. And I, I, Yes, that yes. Pain. And, and I want to tell them, I am so sorry you're going through this right now. Like, yes, I, I want to yes, cry for you yes. because I know how painful it is. But, oh, yes. And, and that is every. Yes. Year. And that is the reason. Yes. That's right. That's the reason why I did this podcast because in my 10 years, I felt alone a lot. I felt like I couldn't relate to anyone. But then when I would, you know, stumble across women, who could relate to me or, you know, it made me feel like I wasn't alone. And, and even after I, like you just said, after you get success, the scars never leave. Like you still, you still look at social media and your heart melt for these women who are long. And you, you know, you want to tell them, like you just said, you know, you just want to be there and encourage them because you've been there. And it's just, it's so hard. Um, I actually, when I, I started the podcast back in March of last year, and I had to take a break because I started feeling like the depression and sadness from it, oh. even though I wasn't in it anymore. Does oh, that make sense? One million percent. Yes. Yeah.
And I was just like, okay, I, I, I allowed infertility to drag me for a long time. I need to at least like bask in this happiness for a little while, you know, without feeling guilty, without feeling sad, because it the scars will never leave you, even though you have a baby. It doesn't leave. It's like a lifetime scar for yes. me, anyways. It feels like I that. I still <laughs> feel it. We have um uh, the, from the donor, we still have um, one of the embryos did not make it. One of them became my son. We have four more. Um, and the doctor believes um, or hopes that we will hopefully get one more baby out of that. Um, you know, we don't know. You know, she said, maybe, you know, you can hope for two. But, you know, you know, you will be so lucky if you get one. Even when I hear of people now, you know, even now that I have my son or I was pregnant um, and, and I hear that they're pregnant, my first thought is I'm so happy for them. And then there's a second mm -hmm. thought that's like, oh, my gosh, like I'm losing my own chance of having a second one. And I have to stop myself and say, wait a second, just because someone else has a baby yes, does yes, not yes. mean that I'm not also going to have yeah. So. Yeah, it it it's it's just so weird what we go through after it. It's just the weirdest thing. And I'm just ha I'm excited to have you on. Um you're the first story that I've ever heard with the donor egg. So that was very interesting. I'm glad you came on to share that. Um I'm just so glad. I, I I'm just who I love happy endings. <laughs> I really do. Cause you just never know, like when you're in this, like like you said, you hold on to hope, but you really just don't know what your outcome is gonna be. Absolutely, you know. And I want to so, out thanks. There, um, if I don't know if you, I believe you asked for my um my Instagram. Um, but please, anybody that is um thinking about going down the donor egg um journey, pl please do not hesitate to reach out. I had so many questions. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is a process in and of itself. You know, I talked about our our journey to having my son, but I, you know, I didn't go into depth in into you know that whole part of the journey. And um, I'm willing to share what we've learned. Um, you know, to answer any questions that I can, um, because I didn't know. Um, you know, people, I think I knew one person that, you know, 20 something years ago or like 20 years ago had done it. Um, so it was really scary at some times. So I just, I want to be somebody that people can, you know. Well, maybe I can, maybe I can have you on for a part two, um, to come back and just talk solely on the process. Um, I feel like that would be, I think that would be extremely helpful for people, um, if I get you to come back and do a part two and then just advertise, you know, the donor egg um, process, because I think that'll be very, very oh, that helpful. Sounds wonderful. Well, Jessica, I appreciate you so much for coming on and being brave enough to share your story. I'm sure everything we go through in life, you know, I feel like it's always a purpose behind it. So what you went through wasn't just for you. Someone else is going to hear this podcast or stumble across your, you know, Instagram account or your other pages, and they're going to be encouraged from what you went through. And it, it'll give hope, you know, that's the good thing about it. We're able to deal hope after we've been through this stuff. We're able to kind of pass yes. it out. You know, when people look at what you've been through and they compare themselves and say, well, if she got through it, I know I can. So I really, really appreciate Thank you, you for and coming I appreciate on. You for creating and hosting this podcast. It's you're doing good work in the Absolutely. world. Thank you.